This is Josh Mills. And this is Jordan back again. Back again for another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are ecstatic to have you guys with us this week for a wine week. Woo-hoo, the wine Yay. week. We love our wine week. Uh, I've got Jordan here with this week. We're going to be doing a great fun episode. We have a lot of food on the table. We do. <laughs> <laughs> we have quite a bit of food on the table for this wine week because You know, with COVID starting to back off a little bit from our lives and with the spring weather coming in for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're entering into festival season, whether it's wine festivals, beer festivals, music festivals. And so what Jordan and I are going to do this week, we've got two wines and we've got a bunch of food and we're going to talk about these wines a little bit, but what the main topic of this is, is Jordan and Mai's do's and don'ts of festival attendance. Jordan and I have probably been to 15 together and probably, you know, 30 or maybe even 50 overall between, between the two of us. Yeah. And we have some really good do's and don'ts. And this is great because for those of you here in central Arkansas, our Jordan and Mai's favorite event is coming up this week when this is released. It's actually the day after this is released. Uh, it's Wild Wines at the Zoo supporting the, Ar- the Little Rock Zoological Society. We are super excited. We have tickets. We're going to be going uh, this, this weekend, and it's going to be lots of fun. But we have some tips and tricks that we'd like to share with you about going to these sorts of events. Because if you've never been to one before. It's so overwhelming with the amount of alcohol, whether it's wine, beer, whatever. Just the sheer amount of things they have you have available for you to try and of course you want to try them all don't you will die yeah well maybe twice (laughs) we'll get into some of those specifics as we go but like jordan said at like with these events they're they're, they can be so daunting that we just want to give you some tips and tricks that we have and we're going to be eating and drinking a bunch of foods so what we're drinking this week is we are drinking the kirkland champagne so three weeks in a row we're hitting that costco Hitting that Costco good, good. And then we have the Chateau Bel Sol Pomerol from 2014. So this has got a good bit of age on it. So we're going to be drinking that one second. And as food-wise, we have some little fun sliders, little chicken parm sliders from our friends over at Flyway. And then we have a big charcuterie board, which we've got Copa, we've got Genoa Salami, we've got Soposada, we've got wine cured salami, we've got prosciutto, we've got speck, we've got gouda cheese, we've got cheddar cheese, relish cheese, we have comte, and we have goat cheese. So there's a lot going on here. And we picked these because normally these types of events, they'll either have like little handheld kind of stuff to eat, or they'll be like a big board to, to kind of see what's happening. Um, and it's kind of a lot of times it's like finger food. So that's kind of what we've got more than our normal pairings this week, but we believe that everything we've got is going to go well with what we're But before we go on, we've got to talk about Marie's blog. So wasn't here last week, but I heard the episode was fantastic. And the blind was Woodford. Yeah. And Marie did a really good job. I'm very, very impressed with those snaps snaps to Marie because for doing a blind over distance where I know what it is and I'm tasting through it, not trying to give it away. 
and for her to pick up and she called it a bourbon and you know kudos to her i guess that's you know that's what happens when you're born in you know bourbon <laughs> county kentucky you're you're able to tell a, a a bourbon when it shows up. It runs through the blood, y'all. It really, it really does. So, but this week is going to be lots of fun. So Jordan and I are going to go ahead and get into this. But first, we're going to go ahead and cheers, like we always do. And we're starting with the Kirkland brand champagne. So I absolutely love this champagne for twenty dollars a bottle at Costco. It's beautiful. It's bright. It's got some acidity to it. The thing that I miss that you get with some of those bigger houses is that deep breadiness like that brioche Mm -hmm. but it's it's beautiful and like i said for the price point you cannot go wrong it's a bottle you can open any day of the week especially tuesday you've heard josh and i joke about our tuesday champagne but it's just it's beautiful and it would be a great party champagne too that if you want to serve actual champagne not sparkling wine but you're on a budget it's a great price point that you can get you know, five bottles for a hundred bucks plus tax. If you live in a state that has tax and most of them do. Right. And if people want to make mimosas, you're not serving a $60 bottle that people are putting orange juice or juice of choice in to make a mimosa. So it's, it's just a really beautiful bottle that I truly love to sip on. Yeah. It's bright. It's acidic. You get a lot of, you get all the, like Jordan said, almost all of those characteristics of a champagne that you want. And it it's $20 a bottle. I mean, that's cheaper than a lot of American sparklings right now. And it's, it's beautiful, fresh, easy drinking. It's 12% alcohol. So you're, you can drink a good bit and you know, you're obviously going to get drunk, but it's not up there at 13, 14, 14% like some of them can be. And one of the reasons I want to start with a champagne is most of the, or a spark, at least, you know, this is champagne, but a sparkling one of some sort is when it comes to most wine events that you go to, big wine festivals, you usually start with some sort of bubble. I know at the Wad Wines at the zoo, when you walk in, the distance between where you walk in and where the actual like wine tents are, is a little bit of a distance. So they, they give you a glass. With some sort of fun sparkles in it. And I think it's just a fun way to start any sort of event. Yeah. I mean, a nice little welcome, welcome bubbles. Exactly. And if you're thinking about doing something at home, because, you know, we're going to, I'm thinking we're going to kind of talk about how you can kind of make your own festival at home too, for you and your friends. A welcome bubble is really fun to do when you're talking, or if you're talking beer, doing a, just a welcome beer, something that's light and special. It's easy to drink. Kind of wakes up your palate kind of as an aperitif. Yes. So when you're entering into it. The other thing I'd like to mention is glassware. So especially in festivals, you're going to get one glass, you know, where you think of champagne, a flute, red wine is going to be a bigger, bold glass, white wine, a smaller, bold glass. A lot of times when you go to these festivals, you're going to get one glass because A, it's built into the price you're paying to go to these festivals and B, you're going to be taking these glasses home. You know, they're not glasses that you're expected to drop at the door. But you can if you don't want to take it home. A lot of them do have a box or a crate or something. You can drop it if you're not, if you're like me who has (laughs) way too many glasses at home and you don't need another one. Yeah. But most places are going to give you, especially like wine festival, you're going to get a white wine glass. Please 
do not be afraid to put your champagne in a white wine glass. Oh, yeah. That's just good knowledge in general. If you're somebody who actually wants to sniff it and taste through it, a white wine glass is so critical because most champagne flutes are so narrow at the top. can't really get your nose in there to smell the distinction yeah. through this. So don't be afraid if you're doing this at home. Mm-hmm. Like, want to have a little party, little wine tasting party. Don't be afraid of, oh, I don't have champagne flutes. I've got white wine glasses or even I've got red wine glasses. Yeah. And along those same lines, don't be afraid of just using one glass the entire night. Yes, it's great for you to rotate your glasses through as you're tasting through different things. We here at Acquired Tastings love glass-specific pairings. But if you have a good white wine glass or even a good just all-purpose wine glass, that will be perfect for your event. And even so, the other thing to think about with some of these events is you're going to an event mostly to have fun, and you're also supporting the cause that the event is, that the event has. So, speaking of glassware, if you get to a place and they're using plastic cups, don't snuff it up. You have to remember these events are there to make money for a cause in any way that they can. If they can curb their cost is a way that they're going to curb it. Glassware is expensive. I mean, we're talking 25, like 15 to 25 cents a stem. So if you have a thousand people coming, that is a lot of money to spend on glassware that could just be cut in a quarter. Like you could go to a quarter of the price by using plastic. Remember if that bothers you, Remember why you're there. You're there to support the cause. You're there to have a good time. And if the glassware is not what you want, bring your own damn glass. Yep. Unless they have a strict no glass policy. I've never been to an event that has snuffed its nose up when I've brought in my own glass. Because there have been events that I've gone to one year, knowing they served out of plastic. I, pers- I prefer actual glass because I'm snooty. Um. And I've brought in my own glass and I've never been told no except one time. And that particular venue had a no glass policy. Yeah, as where they were holding, as where they were holding the event, right? Exactly. The venue, not the event itself, but the particular venue that it was being held had a no glass policy. And I got told, no, you have to take that back to the car. Well, I wasn't in the doors yet. Took it back to the car, came back, had to wait a little bit in line again, unfortunately, but it Still, there's so many choices. It's not like you're going to miss out on anything if you have to wait five more minutes in line. Yeah, this is going to be me and my soapbox because this is just kind of the person I am sometimes. Rule number one is DBD. For those of you that know what that is, you know what it is. For everyone else who doesn't, I'm going to censor it and it's don't be a jerk. You know, that's rule number one. Rule number one is don't be a jerk. You are going to this event and yes, you're spending money on the event, but that's not the purpose of the event. But also think of all the people that are working that event that are not getting paid. Yeah, everybody, almost everybody at these events are volunteering their time. Even if they're an employee of the organization or whatever, they're most likely volunteering their time to be at that event. They're not getting paid for that event. If they are, who cares? <laughs> Still, right. don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Remember that you've got tons of volunteers that are pouring your wine or beer. And we're going to jump back to that in a minute, but I want to talk about your experiences in festival. So what was your first, like, 
wine, beer, liquor fundraising event that you that you remember going as as an as a drinking adult? So actually, one of the first ones was when I was in college. I had some wealthy friends, aka their parents were wealthy because we were all poor po- college kids, <laughs> and. A friend of mine, her parents purchased a wine tasting party for 25 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Most wine tasting parties that you, you know, you get eight, 10, maybe 12. Um, 12 is a large party because most of these people are doing it with like one or two extra people helping. And her parents had that many friends, but um, they told their daughter that she could bring one person. So that was my first like experience. At a hoity-toity private, at their beautiful, beautiful home. And so that was kind of my first experience. And I had no clue what I was doing. And I wish someone would have been like, take a sip or two. If you really like it, finish your glass. But pour it out if you don't. Because getting really incredibly drunk and sloppy at these events is not the look you want to go for. <laughs> yeah. So that I guess that kind of brings us up to our first major tidbit when it comes to these events. Any event like this, whether it's a big wine event like we're talking about with Water Wines of the Zoo, whether it's a big beer event, a cocktail event, you don't have to finish everything. No. Almost every almost every one of these events, they will have a dump bucket. You know, we're talking about Water Wines of the Zoo because it's coming up. The main event, which is the one on Saturday, which is the bigger one that's open to the public, I think they have 150, so many 150 wines. wines, you know, so understand the assignment here, people. When you walk into these types of events, you are not going to try everything. No. Do not try to try everything because I've done that before and it did not end well. Please don't die. Please do not, do not do that to yourself and do not do that to your friends or your partners that you're, that you're going to this with. And, you know, hospital staff really appreciates if that's not what they're dealing with because there are always, always bigger issues. Exactly. So don't be afraid to dump out a wine if you don't like it or even if you do like it and you just understand that, hey, there's I know there's going to be a whole lot more that I want to try. So dump it out. And it's not it's not being weak. It's not being a, a lightweight. It's being responsible. Because that's what all these events are about. It's about being responsible and enjoying the event and enjoying the, yourself on the next day. Yes. Because I have been to events where I have drank far, far, far too much. And even on taster boards, not dumped things out like I should have because it was in my glass. And, you know, I have grown up the night before. I have been hung over until almost the start of the event the second night, if it's like wild wines, that is a two night event and you do pay more to get in on Friday night. It's their VIP, but a VIP ticket also gets you into both nights in one price point. But like I have drank too much on the first night and then, you know, second night starts at, I think five or five thirty, and been hung over until four (laughs) 30. Yeah. <laughs> so and then, and then you, don't be me. Please here's the don't thing. be me. And then you don't get to enjoy the the next night. Or you're not enjoying the stuff toward the end of the night like you should. Right. Because these events 
a lot of these events are great places where you can try a whole bunch of stuff. But remember, I mean, even myself and my friends as professionals, we don't try everything. When I was in France and I went to Un Premier, which was a week long. So jealous. <laughs> which was a week long festival of tasting. You cannot try everything. And not only can you not taste everything, and here's a here's maybe a hot take on something you may think is disgusting, but we'll get you through these events is spit. Now, don't spit onto the ground. Don't spit into the dump cup. Have a water cup or something that you can spit into and then dump every then dump it in there. That way you are not being offensive or grossing out any any other people that are there because i mean in premiere when we're talking about that it's expected like yeah. it's understood that the, i mean they have these like barrel sized spittoons that you literally spit in because we're talking you're going to four tastings a day a day with 30 wines each i was minimum. gonna say 25 wines so Minimum, so I'm so close. <laughs> you're having, you know, you could have up to, you could try up to 150 wines in a day. You can't do it. You have to actually expectorate or spit something. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then know you're going to dump a lot. Know you, you're going to dump because the big, the biggest thing about this is you can get drunk, but you can't get drunk. You can't get trashy, y'all. The, these events are not there to be trashy, but so it's taking, taking a step back from talking about festivals and, and big events like this. So Jordan, we've been drinking on the champagne for a little bit. What have you tried from our smorgasbord of tastings and what do you think so far? So I've had the chicken parm. I actually, I didn't think I'd like the spice of the chicken parm with the champagne, but this chicken parm is, yes, it's got spice, but it's not overly hot. So it goes really well because you get the cooling effect of the champagne. Now, I think if it was much hotter, though, you would just kill the champagne. I, I 100%. Um, I don't think I explained that the best, but there's a nice balance there of spicy and acidic lemon that go well and kind of balance each other. Um, I haven't had any goat cheese with this, but I think you just took a bite. Um, I have had some of the... Gouda. Which is your favorite. I love Gouda. Love Gouda. My parents used to buy Gouda growing up. They would buy like a wheel of Gouda at Sam's and they would go look for it like three days later. And they'd be like, how, how is half the wheel of Gouda gone? I had nothing to do with it to this day. Scout's honor. It wasn't me. It was Tony. <laughs> um, but I've had some of the Gouda. I've had a couple of the different meats. I had some of the prosciutto, or sorry, that's the spec. I just got corrected. Um, and those are all nice and light, so they go well. I want to try the wine-cured salami with it, but I'm afraid that that might be a little bit, because wine-cured salami is 99% of the time cured in a red wine, so I think it might kill what the champagne does, so I'm going to find a smaller piece Yeah. So this and one try that. This one that we have is, it's actually aged in Barolo wine, and I think it's got some boar in it as well. It's from a company here in the United States that does salamis out of Texas. Really, really good. 
We've done, we've featured their wild boar salami on the show before, <coughs> and it's and it's really good. I I agree with you with the chicken parm. This chicken parm slider is awesome. First of all, it's on a pretzel bun, so you get that nice depth of flavor with the pretzel. The chicken is done really well, but the the marinara I wouldn't call it just a marinara. In my opinion, it's a spicy marinara. Agreed. It's not over, but like you said, it's not overly spicy. So it actually balances out pretty well with the champagne. And I, like you, was kind of afraid of that spice because the effervescence for me, spice and effervescence does not go well together. But there's enough sweetness and fruit characteristics in the champagne that kind of cover that. I agree with you. The meat, so that I've had the speck, the prosciutto, the copa, those all go really well with the champagne because they are lighter, they're more fatty. So that acid really works with that with those styles of meats what do you think of the the barolo cured salami with it so it actually works better than i thought it would Um, and i think it's because of how much fat is in that sweetness of the fat it's not my favorite but it's definitely better than i thought it would be yeah because the fat really works in your favor to give you to kind of balance out the red wine yeah. of that curing. Yeah, you're right. This is a, and you can see this totally on the Instagram post. The, this, this salami, it's a kind of a smaller log salami that you buy as like a full, full salami. You cut it yourself. It does have large chunks of fat going through it. It's really delicious. It's got some nice herbaceousness too, but you get that like depth of cherry and that little bit of earthiness yeah. from the Barolo. But I agree with you that the fat is what helps and kind of takes care of it with the this champagne. It does not kill the champagne the way I thought it would. No, it doesn't. And the champagne, like it's not the best pairing on the plate. Like I said, not but my, it's but definitely better than I had in my head. Yeah, but it's not it's not bad. So my first wine well, actually it wasn't a wine event, it was my first. My first big festival that I went to was actually a beer festival. Here in Little Rock, we have two major beer festivals. I think we have three now, but back then we had two major beer festivals. We had Little Rocktoberfest, and then we had the, they both took place at the stadium. There was another one that took place at the baseball stadium, and one, I think it was Little Rocktoberfest was my first one, and I was actually there because Crush was one of the food providers. So they, they would have like a little thing, and they would do little pieces of they would do their little pieces of bruschetta and uh, cheesecake. Like they, they, I know it's weird for a wine bar to be at these events. Well, I was just thinking more. It's weird because I know that Crush does have food, but they also <coughs> do not have a full kitchen. So I was trying to figure out like what they did for their food was yeah. more where my face <laughs> that you guys can't see, but my facial expression came from because just um, I've been to Crush plenty over the years and I know that they don't have a full kitchen but I knew they did have food so I was it was more like yeah what did they provide so we we would make what we do we would do the little um roasted red pepper no another we would do the pepidou okay so we would do a pepidou with a little goat cheese on a piece of bread and then we would do the piece of bread goat cheese and then the fig preserve okay so we would do those two, and then I think we'd have a little dessert. We usually do a little. They would buy like cake things because right. Crush served cheesecake, but it was house made, so they 
they kind of cheated when they went to these kind of their cheesecake, <sighs> their house made cheesecake. It's so good. Oh my god! <laughs> I know you don't care for blueberry, but the French the French blueberry cheesecake that they would do, mm, yeah, so good. But their their house made cheesecake is pretty delightful yeah. for but, sure. So I was working at Crush at the time and and got in for free because I would go in and I would help serve. And he went uh, in as a vendor, y'all. I did, and then I would just we would take turns. So there'd be like four of us who would be like me, Joe, Jenny, and John, John would work the events. <laughs> oh, bless it. They let John, John oh, work. Yeah. That's how John, John got a lot of events. But, Does John, John know, no offense, John, John, you know, I love you, but do you know how to actually work an event? Oh yeah. <laughs> John, John, John's a good worker out there. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, if you, if you see him just at the bar, you may not understand that he works, but John, 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 John's a great, great worker. And I had a lot of fun working with him. Those days. But what we would do is, so we would get we would get through the initial rush and then we would take turns like one of us would go out and like go to a couple places like get get a bunch and bring it back and then like serve right. and go again and we would take turns doing that so my first my first experience wasn't the being a full participant so i learned that a you can't taste everything and you have to be very selective when you go to these types of events because you can't taste it. And so I just remember there were times like, you'd be like, all right, whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? We're all empty. Whose turn, whose turn is it to go? And somebody would run out and come back and, you know, they would like a particular beer that I didn't like. like oh, God, that's gross. But it was, it was lots of fun. That was kind of my first major experience. It was actually at Little Rocktoberfest when it was at the, when it was at Dickie Stevens oh, okay. in, the, in the terminal. Yeah, definitely look for your hidden gems too. That's another good tip. Like you might have eight wines at a table, eight to 10 wines, 12 wines, whatever at a table. And there might be more than one good wine there. I guarantee you there's more than one good wine or beer, but you might have something that's really hidden. Like that sparkling Torontos from last year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That sparkling Torontos. I think I went back for it. Three times. It was at, that good. <laughs> we went for it at least that time. Before we move on, Jordan and I are now going to switch over. We're switching to the Chateau Bel Soleil Pomerol. Uh, so this is a Pomerols. French wine that is made from a majority of Merlot in a very, very small region in Bordeaux. In Bordeaux. It's actually on the far side of the river near in Saint-Emilion area. And it is known... It's world-renowned because of its soil. Its soil is actually a red clay soil that is only this, like, little patch. It's like God just went and put his thumb down and then filled it with this red clay soil. It's, it's ridiculous. And most people, you may have never heard of Pomerol, but you've probably heard of one of the most famous Pomerol wines in the world called Chateau Petrus. Petrus is one of the most expensive wines in the world. And it is a Pomerol. I need to win the lottery to drink it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or maybe it's maybe some of our friends out there in listening land can help us help us try some more Pomerols. And some I love Pomerols. Uh So this is a 2014. Um, it is Merlot dominant. So for those of you sideways people, it's Merlot actually is amazing. And this is brought in by another great um, importer. Um, Alexander Vineyards, or it's a Claude Alexander selection. So 
one of those ones that I knew about because I know somebody who used to work for a distributorship that brought this in and, and it's, and it's really, really good stuff. Pomeroles are usually a little bit more expensive and this is perfect for what Jordan was just saying about the hidden gem. My, another tip that I have, so hot tip number whatever we're on, because <laughs> I don't know at this point, you know, 30 minutes in, 30-ish minutes into the episode, there are always hidden gems at these type of, whether it's wine, whether it's beer, whether it's spirits, whether it's food, there's always one little hidden gem. So. A suggestion that I have, and I think Jordan would agree with, is you get that first taste and do a tour. If you don't, if you don't get a piece of paper that's got a map on it for you that says what's where, walk around. Don't jump straight in. Your, t- your, your gut is going to tell you to go, 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 and taste, 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 taste. Resist that urge to do that. Enjoy that first thing that you're tasting. And start walking around and don't, don't just jump straight in. Do you agree? Oh, agree. Now, if you do, you're doing your tour and you see they've got something just amazing or something that you've been like dying to try, by all means, go try it. But yes, kind of doing a full tour or even a half tour, depending on how big, because like I know Wild Wines is super spread out, Yeah, has a very like large venue. Um, but doing that like two or half two or whatever, getting the lay of the land, figuring out key, because I have been to these events where it's like, oh, I get that initial beer, wine, whatever. And then my glass is empty. So I'm hitting the first tent, the first tent. I'm not saying the wines or the beers are bad, but that first tent may not have something super special, but tent number three might or tent number five might. It's really important to do that. So like we went to a beer festival about three weeks Mm -hmm. and we walked in, our glasses were empty and we just started walking around. There was a tent right in front of us that we could have gotten our first drink at. Boom. But we, we, we've done this enough that we realized, okay, let's walk around. Let's see what we find. Let's see what we think is going to be good. We happened to buy VIP tickets, so there was a little VIP tasting section, so we went and hit that first, found some good things, and then we got a drink, and we walked around. We honestly walked around, what, about two or three times? Yeah, and we found and that. three drinks. We found that, was it Boulevard? Boulevard. That did their, like, beer 30. that's been barreled in, like, 30-year-old cask or whatever. Yeah, they had a special 30-year-old, 30th anniversary beer that mm-hmm. they didn't even list out that was on there but that was hidden away and we could have walked we could have walked right past that tent yep. but we both love boulevard so we walked up and we saw hey boulevard's here we've been to a couple other beer festivals and boulevard usually they usually allow their reps to have these like couple special bottles that they'll like keep down and kind of hide away. And we knew that going in. So we hit it. We went to there and said, Hey, what you, what do you have? And he told us everything that he's got. And we're like, Hey, we'll, we'll try this. And we took that. And then we walked around and continued to say, and we actually talked. So a neck, the next tip is if you're going with somebody communicate with, talk about what you want. What are you seeing? What do I like? What do you like? What are you seeing? What do you want to hit again? And understand that their taste may, may not be the same as yours. 
and be okay with that. When Jordan and I go to fest wine, especially actually, whenever we go to a wine festival or, or a big wine event, Jordan, we all know, doesn't drink flat white wine. So I wish we, you could see my face right now. <laughs> so we could be walking into an event where the first three tables are all white wine. And Jordan's just like, okay, I'm going to pass. Like, hey, Jordan, I'm going to stop here and taste this. And making sure you're letting the people around you know what's happening. And then you find something that's really good and say, hey, why don't you try this? Or, oh, I'm going to come back for this later. Hey, help me remember this. Yep. Because that's what these events are about. The events are about having a good time with the people that you're going. For sure. Yeah. And just if you know some little deep secret about the winery or the brewery that's there, like we know that Boulevard usually allows the rep who travels to these to take a few special bottles. Don't be afraid to ask and say, hey, I see you have XYZ. Is there anything else special that you might have brought? The worst thing they can say is no. But you know how many times I've come up to people and I said, hey, I've been to events in the past where a particular brewery like Boulevard has been there. And I said, I know that you guys usually have some of your reserve stuff there. By by chance, did you bring anything? A lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, let me pour you. Like, we've got this, this, and this. What do you want to try? I mean, the worst thing they're going to say is, no, they gave us these two or three beers, wines, whatever. And that's what we have. Right. Hey, cool. I would love to try beer X or wine X. Yeah. But yeah, definitely know that you might go with people that your, their palate is completely different from yours and it doesn't make them wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're different. Like I love champagne. I don't like still white wine. Somebody explain it to me because I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what the dump bucket's for. The dump buckets are there for you to dump out and, and continue on. But I will try a still white wine. Right. I, but I, I've walked up to you many a times like, oh my gosh, this is really good. You need to try it. And, and she'll give it a try. And it's usually her, you know, I have white a face. Wine, her white wine <laughs> face that says it's disgusting. One day that we're going to have to put a picture of my white wine face on, yeah, on Instagram, social on social media. So you guys understand what we talk about when I say my white wine face. But it's out there. Try as much as you can. Talk to the people that are there. And once again, you're there. Most of these events, and here's a, here's a hot take from a wine nerd and a, <laughs> and, a, and a booze nerd. Let's put it that way. From a booze nerd. These events are not meant for you to go learn. These events are, are meant for you to go enjoy what's there and support the cause that's behind it. And one thing do, I... Oh, go ahead. Finish. Say, please finish. Do not... Get frustrated. Please do not get frustrated at the poor volunteers who are pouring in if they don't know anything. Most of the time, they have been told you have you have this on your table and it's this. So if it's a beer festival, you can like, hey, this is Boulevard and this is their pale ale and this is their wheat beer. The pale ale is going to be a little bit more hoppy. And that's all they've been told. They may not even get to try this stuff before People are already flooding the table. Yeah. So if they don't know, don't hound them about it. And if you're tasting something and they ask you legitimately, what are you tasting? Tell them and help them out to understand how to better serve the wine that's in front of them or the beverage that's in front of them because they don't know. They're volunteers. They're literally volunteering their time to pour beverages in front of you. 
That was actually exactly where I was going. My only caveat is a lot of times at beer festivals, you actually have someone from the brewery there. Um, Now, you might still have volunteers, but you usually have somebody from the brewery kind of in the back scenes that can step up if you've got a lot of questions and answer those. But a lot of times at wine festivals, unless you're going to somewhere like Um Premier, never been personally, but things like that, Um Premier, right? You or if you are lucky enough to go to tastings at actual wineries, you probably have a winemaker or an employee who has been fully briefed on the difference between, you know, their Pinot Grigio, their Cab Sav their Barolo, whatever, and can talk about it. But at festivals, you might get Joe Smith, who loves the zoo. Volunteered there at times. They spend half a time, half a time at a table, and then half a time right. free entrance into the event. They're there because they got free entrance to the event, but they had to spend, you know, two hours pouring your beer or your wine. So they may not know. But remember, I keep, I usually take a notebook and a pen with me Yeah. to these events. So if I find something that I really love, but the volunteer has no clue, I can at least write down a name and a, like the name of the wine or beer and who made it because the internet is a powerful tool, as we all know, because most of us wouldn't have jobs without the internet. <laughs> right. And if you don't want to take a notebook, Snap a picture. Snap a picture that of the too. label. We're all walking around with a phone in our pocket that's got a camera. Snap a picture of the label. Hey, can I take a picture of this label? I'd love to look it up later. I've never had a volunteer or even somebody who works for the actual brewery tell me no. Yeah. Because it's good business for them. We love it. We're taking a picture. We're going to look it up. We're going to try and find where to buy it. It's good business. So stepping back from... From the event, from our our event tips, and on to what we're tasting. What do you think of this wine, Joy? Oh my God! Can I, where, where's the rest <laughs> of it? You don't need any more of this. Just mm. just put that decanter over here, and I'll finish the bottle. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the can- decanter close to me for now. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I'll pour my glass to like the brim. Yeah, but it's really good. It's it's rich. It's dark fruit. It's Got some like light cooked red fruit going on in it as well, but the earthy, oh, earth, the, the earthy undertone is what gets the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it. It's literally it's like dusty, it's dirty, it's barn, it's like a good barn smell. That hay, the freshly freshly turned earth, which always surprises me that you love wines like this. Why is that? Because you hate vegetables that taste like dirt. <laughs> I do. I do hate vegetables that taste like dirt, but I'll eat I'll eat a strawberry that's picked off the ground and covered in dust. I'll eat that. But a vegetable, it, nah. But it just always surprises me that you love this like dirty, earthy wine. It's I, I don't know how to describe that it's different. But it is. It's it the vegetal difference is very different than a fruity, fruity earthy, fruity fruity dirt. Because I and Jordan's saying that because when she's had me try different vegetables, like a lot of leafy greens to me honestly taste like watery dirt. There's no other flavor to me besides water and mud and dirt. That's it. That's all, that's all I'm getting on it. But I, but I do love 
wines that have big, earthy, dusty, barny flavors in them uh, going along with, with the fruit characteristics. And this, this to me has that. This, you know, this is a 2014. It's only been open for maybe an hour, and yeah. it would do with some more opening. It's still a little tight, but for our purposes here, I think it's, I think it's oh, really well. Delightful. So what have, you, what have you eaten with it? I know you, we've both been doing a lot of talking <laughs> and not a whole lot right. of snacking, but what have, what have you had with it so, so far? So I've had the mozzarella with it. It's good, but it doesn't give me, like personally, feel free, grab some of that mozzarella. I didn't finish the slice if you want it. Um, but to me, it doesn't like enhance, nor does it dehance. It's just kind of like a good solid. Yeah. It is what it is. Fresh moths is pretty flat. It's got flavor, but it's still pretty. It's even. pretty flat. I haven't tried this slider with it, but I'm about to have a bite because I think this slider and this wine are going to be beautiful together. Yeah. So while you do that, I'll talk a little bit about what I've had. I haven't had the slider yet either, but I've had. This is the uh, this is the cheddar, right? Yeah. Or is it, yeah. No, that's. Yes, the, yeah. that's the cheddar. I've had I've had the cheddar with it. The cheddar is good. The ch- so this is an English cheddar. It's not like some of the cheddars we've had before that have had a lot of saltiness to it. This has like a bitter sharp bite to it, and this bitter sharp bite is just a touch over what this wine wants. It turns the wine a little extra bitter, but right before it does that, it's a really good match. Like you have that yummy yummy flavor of that good bittery that bit english cheddar style flavor and then it it just turns over and it makes it just go eh, okay um i've had the gouda with it the gouda is kind of the same way gouda's got a good bit of earthiness to it and it kind of matches quite well the prosciutto and the speck are a little bit on the lighter side but that's to be understood with the way with those meats in of itself and same with the uh with the copa the copa just doesn't quite have enough oomph to kind of match up with this wine the way I'd want it to. And that's kind of that difference between like a good Sangiovese moving into more of like the higher end, big backbony French stuff is that fattiness doesn't quite, that light fattiness doesn't quite match up with the wine as, as the way you want it. To. I really like this with the slider. It's, the spice, the earthiness, kind of the same thing about the acidity of the champagne toning it and the sweetness of the champagne toning it down. In my opinion, the earthiness is what tones down the spiciness. And it's not an overly spicy thing. It's not like I'm sweating as I'm eating it. My mouth is not on fire. <laughs> but it's got it's got that nice bite to it. But that earthiness just definitely tones it down and balances it. It's it's actually really beautiful together. I'm like, I could do that as a dinner. It's probably just a lot more expensive a bottle than I want to do with takeout from the brewery. Yes. This bottle, it was marked at 63. I think I bought it on sale for probably around 50. But it it is a higher price bottle. And it's it's a little bit older of a vintage too. So you have to remember that that the older the vintage, you're going to get into a little bit of that pricier point yeah and pomerol in general <sighs> is going to be a little bit more expensive because it is more of exclusive it's a yeah. very it's a very small region in france that kind of brings that up yeah 
but it it's worth it. And I think like we were t- just talking about before we took the food break is this is that like diamond in the rough. Because yes. most of these events, whether it's a beer event or it's a wine event, will have some of these little diamonds sprinkling around that it's one of those if you know, you know kind of moments. If you know, you know, or if you mostly at beer event, but if you talk to the brewers, just because most of the wine events I've been to, you don't have people from the winery. I haven't been fortunate enough to travel to Um Premier and to different wine regions throughout the world that are actually like visiting the wineries. Now, if you're at a winery, talk to the people. I mean, exactly. Isn't They're, that how you got that Argyle sparkling for the first time? Or am I mistaken on that story? It's not the Argyle sparkling. What you're thinking of is the Alpha Omega Rosé. That's right. So I have, I had had previously uh, Alpha Omega, who is a, a winery out in California, who's known for red wine, higher end, big red, red wines, a few white wines. And I had, I'd been lucky enough to try their rosé, which, it's it's such a super small thing that they do. I tried it before. My sister and I were in their tasting room. We were tasting through stuff. And I just asked the, the attendant who was, who was pouring us stuff and go, hey, do you guys have any of the rosé to try? She kind of looks at me funny. And she does that kind of like side eye wink thing. And she goes, I think I can find some of that for <laughs> Sister and I were there doing this tasting and, and we were able to try the rosé. And so it's like just kind of, if you know, you know, but the other thing is going back to like talking with the people that you go, with. um, most, you know, most people don't go to these events alone, or if you do go to the events alone, you usually end up at the same table with the same people at the same times. Mm-hmm. So you kind of make friends as you're going through this, but talk to them about what they've tried because there could have been something that you were looking at on a table and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to pass that up. And the attendant doesn't know anything about it, but you're, you're that person that you always, that you run into the tables with. There's always that. There's always, always like, that person. There's always like three or four people that you'll end up throughout the night. You guys will be next to each other and you'll, you'll just kind of make this weird festival friendship with this with. It's true. And you tell them that one thing and they tell you something. The Sparkling Torontist that you talked about earlier was one of those things that I told people. Like I hit with three or four people. I was like, you need to go try the Sparkling Torontist. You also need to go to that table to try the Gehrzmina that's sitting there. because It's it's super delicious too. You didn't like it. Or (laughs) hey, you need to go try this one. And they even told me things. I was like, hey, oh, did you you try the the red blend that's over that table? I was like, why? I skipped over that. They're like, you definitely should go try that yeah so making those kind of connections is another one of those things that i love about these type of like these type of events and i'm really happy that we're getting back to it yeah for sure i mean there was that group at festival of darkness which is a beer (laughs) event that we do here in little rock by one of the local breweries when they released their nighty night which which if you follow us on instagram (laughs) That was when I was Frankenfurter and Jordan was the Frankenfurter lumberjack. It's true. But there was this group that waiting in line to get in, they were behind us. They were right behind us. 
And we started talking, and they had gone as a group from, um, oh, why did the movie just leave me? And it's super popular Halloween movie. Got Binks the Cat. You know which one I'm talking about? No. it's Anyway. And now I'm going to kill myself because I'm going to wake up at three in the morning and remember the name to this movie. They were they went together as like a costume. But we, so, you know, we got in and then we went our separate ways. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have photos of us with them because we oh, kept yeah. running into them. Yeah, there, there, there's at least a couple photos of us of us with them. But we, we would run into it and think, hey, have you tried this? And they're like, no, have you tried this? And it was because we went different directions. Yep. In the I told festival. one of the girls, I was like, oh, my God, this key lime pie sour that this one brewery has. She's like, I love key lime pie. And I was like, it's the best key lime pie sour I've ever had. And she's like, which one? And I was like. Right over there. She's like, I'm on my way. Which that was Wichita Brewing. Yeah. And I really so hope they I really hope they actually turn it. But you'll find these people in these in these events that you just happen to always be at the table with. It doesn't it doesn't matter what the event is, but make friends. Introverts, this is an introvert telling you this. Make friends. Talk talk to the people who are next to you because especially now that we're getting outside of the kind of the COVID era and things are getting back to a little bit more how they were before the pandemic. You're going to, you're going to end up shoulder to shoulder with these people. You're going to end up, you know, front to back in line with them and you're going to recognize each other because you're in the same small space for three to four hours. Yep. And you're going to hit, you're just going to, it's just going to happen. So make sure like talk to them, talk about what they've had and that's where you can find some of these gyms where when you're in these places where you can't drink everything, like we've said before, you kind of helps you know where to go. I think the final thing that we need to talk about and the final tip, which is like the most common sense tip that we could give you, but we haven't said it yet. Eat the food. Yes. Eat the food. They will almost always provide food at these events. Do not skip the food and do not skip the water. Food and water. They are your friends. Yes, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm taking time away from drinking. Yes, that is true. Technically. Take the time. But it will, it will save you in the long run because when you're going to the events, we talked about you don't want to get super trashy. You want to make sure you enjoy the event. You don't want to be an ass. Toward the end of the night, you don't want to leave been your, that ass. You don't want to leave your phone in the Uber. You don't want to throw up later. You don't want to. You want to be able to go home. You want to be able to have a good time. You want to be able to remember and enjoy the event. The there the two main things that you can do besides pacing is eat the food and drink the water. Yes, yes. And as someone <laughs> who has not eaten the food or drink the water, take it from your girl. Eat the food, drink the water. It is your friend. Nobody likes throwing up. I've been there. It's not fun. Eat, drink, enjoy, be safe always. And if you cannot drive at the end of the night, there's no shame in that. That's why there is Uber, Lyft, cabs, friends who are DDs. A lot of festivals will sell the DD ticket too. It'll be, you know, 10, 15 bucks and it's 
food, water, soda, whatever they might offer. And it's a, it's always a different wristband. So exactly. if you walk up, your, friend's, your friend is literally not going to be able to drink, but you can actually have somebody who's there. And we've seen, we've seen a lot of times that there, it'll be pregnant wives yep. that are going with their partners and they'll be able to still enjoy and spend the time with their partners, but yep. they're able to stay sober and, and yep. move over. And they're still able to. They're able to get in. Sponsor and, you know, exactly. like support the event. That's, that's the important thing. They can support the event. They can get through the doors. Um, they have access to all the food and non-alcoholic drinks. There's always plenty of chairs or places to rest if they get tired, if they're pregnant. But just, you know, it's a lot of places sell that, you know, DD ticket. And there's nothing wrong with having a DD or being the DD yourself. Exactly. We're about to head into the blind now. So as a recap from Josh and Jordan, our major tips when it comes to these big events are Take your time, enjoy what you're doing, because remember you're there to support and not get drunk. Take the tour. Always take the tour. Dump or dump, spit. Dump or spit is very important. Make friends. Make and friends. Find what is enjoyable because you can't drink everything. Eat and hydrate. Eat and drink the water. Those are kind of our main six our main six tips that we can give you as we're heading into spring and summer here in the Northern hemisphere. And we're getting back into the wine, beer, spirits kind of events season. And especially now that, I mean, I don't know about you. I have noticed now that kind of COVID is waning, especially here in Arkansas, we're, we're waning. These events are just exploding out there. They are everywhere. It seems like every time I get on Facebook or social media of any kind, there's some other event in my area, whether it's a free event yeah. or a paid event that is just popping up. And usually the free events obviously don't have alcohol, but just there are events popping up all over the place. And take advantage of the events. It's good for you to get out of the house. I work at home. Trust me, it's good to get out. <laughs> yeah, and we want, we want to help you and by giving you some tips to be to be safe and enjoy these events as we get back out there there you know in your area there could be an event every week feel free to go and support the events every week but remember the the reason that you're doing these events are to support the people who are holding the event like that's to me that's that's the main thing to remember you're not going there to get drunk you're going there to support support the people in your community that you believe deserve support like we're about to go next or, you know, in a couple of days from when this comes out, we're about to go support the, the zoo, the zoological society. And that's our main goal. Our main goal is to enjoy the event and to support the zoo because exactly. they are, they're the people that we want to support and they're doing it in a way that which we, which we enjoy. Yep. And our zoo has been around for a long time. It may not be the fanciest zoo out there, but it's been there for a long time. They work hard to maintain it. Um, We've got a baby rhino that's still relatively new. We've uh, got, and I hope I hope they I hope they figure a way to to bridge Fair Park and go into the old yeah. golf course because that would be really cool. But yeah, like we've got you know a lot of really cool things our zoo is trying to do. 
besides just maintaining itself as a zoo yeah, and taking care of these animals. But it's just, it's a good cause in general. And yeah. So if you're in the central Arkansas area and you're looking for something fun to do on Friday, the 29th. Yeah. Friday, the 29th of April and or Saturday, the 30th of April. Get yourself a ticket to Wad Wines at the Zoo. You can find them on the Zoo webpage, or if you just search Wad Wines at the Zoo, mm-hmm. you'll I be able to find tickets. You might be able to find them on Eventbrite, but don't. Yes. Don't quote me on that one because <laughs> yeah. I can never remember if that's the uh, hub that they use to sell tickets because there are so many out there. Yeah, but if you search Wad Wines at the Zoo, Little Rock, Arkansas, you'll be able to find it. If you can't go Friday night, if, there, if there's not a ticket for VIP on Friday, get you a ticket for the main event on Saturday. You're not going to be disappointed. And just start watching what's, what else is out there for your local community because we are always here to support our local communities because always. without our local communities, we would just be absolutely nothing. So with that being said, I think we are going to head into the blind now. Yay! So we'll go ahead and get that poured up and we'll be right back. All right, so Jordan's and I have our blind poured up. It's actually a blind for both of us, which is going to be fun. So we're going to do this together. But before we jump into this, Jordan, let's talk about what were our favorite things that we ate. With- Honestly, the champagne and that farm slider. I don't know. Yeah. There was just something magical about the spice, sweet herbaceous of the champagne. Like the just... They married so well. Yeah. That it was kind of magical and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that. The only thing that I would say is I don't know if I could eat like a whole one and drink a whole like and drink it the entire time because it for me, because we all know I'm a weak when it comes to spice. It may have just been a little bit too wearing. But I really enjoyed I had a cracker with some goat cheese and some speck on it. That to me was just Super delicious. Get that little bit sweeter meat, but the tang. I yeah. get that. Like, I didn't try that, but I, I can see where the tang of the goat cheese and that little bit sweetness of the speck would be really, really beautiful together. For sure. What about with the Pomerol? What, what, uh, what did you have that you liked? The Pomerol and that red wine carrot salami were beautiful together. The Pomerol also went really well with the mozzarella because mozzarella does like it's got flavor but it's very tame and that pomerol is very big very flavorful very in your face bold yeah and having something that was a little bit on that lighter not quite so intense side married really well together yeah in my personal opinion i really liked i agree with you i, I really like that i actually really like the gouda with the Pomerol and actually the Gouda and the Soprasada because the Soprasada has that little like peppery bite to it. Yeah, for sure. Which I think to work really well with the Merlot and the Gouda not being like a super aged or a smoked Gouda had that kind of earthy lightness that kind of married really well with what was going on. I can see that. In the, in the Pomerol. I didn't try that specific, but in my head, like I get, where you're coming from and how that would work really, really well together. Well, you ready to try and blind this wine? Well, no time like the present, right? Cheers. Cheers. All right. So obviously since Jordan's here, we have a red wine (laughs) because Um, Jordan wouldn't taste a white wine. (laughs) 
I would. Don't don't sell me short. Well, it, yeah, Jordan would taste red wine, but it would be a a white wine. He said red. Uh, sorry, Jordan would taste a white wine, but it would be uh, hands and feet more difficult yes. than a red. But I would, I would taste through it. So whomever poured this poured a poured a good red wine. I mean, it's free of bubbles and gases, so it's definitely not a sparkling. Yep. If we're gonna try and be a little bit technical. <laughs> yeah, and it's a. It's kind of a lighter ruby, goes out to kind of a, a really thinner meniscus. So it's not, it's not super concentrated on the color. Doesn't really stain the tears at all. It doesn't have a whole lot of like legs that run down the glass when you swirl it and let it settle. Yeah. So the, they're running, they're running pretty quick, running pretty quick down there. I don't know a whole lot about a technical wine tasting. So forgive me been a minute since i took wine today sorry Lori. <laughs> but it t- i mean it tastes it smells pretty clean i'm still struggling with some allergy issues so my smells not super great i mean but it's kind of it's kind of lending more toward the earth and there's not a whole lot of fruit that's jumping out at me on the nose when i'm smelling it what about you not a whole lot of fruit i do get some a little bit of pepperness on the nose i'm not sure if it's black pepper or like bell but i'd get i get some peppery notes Okay. But they're pretty subdued. It's not like overtaking. Um, there's maybe some dude fruit, but it's not. It's definitely not fresh fruit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of decaying flowers, but not like a uh, Nebbiolo that's got like decaying, like tarn roses, decaying right. roses by any means, but maybe a little bit of like decayed older. Right. Well, and de- I would definitely say, and you can agree or disagree with me, fruit is not like the main, the fruit main is- thing. I agree. Fruit is definitely not, it's there, but it's not like your main. I'm trying to really like sniff and pick out fruit that I probably shouldn't because it's definitely not your forefront. Yeah. It's a little bit more, a bit more acidic than I was expecting it. And yeah, that pepperiness, some, kind of pepperiness peppers your tongue a little bit. It's not, but it's yeah. not like panic no. pepperiness. It's almost like spicy pepper. I think this wine's really, young. it doesn't seem like it's come together or, in the winery, it had it's really had time to like do what it's supposed to, and and be its best wine. I'd agree. It's young. It's that it's still even a little bit hot and not spicy hot, even though there is a pepperiness to it, but just like alcoholic hot. Yes, that young hot, boom in your face. Okay, so because of these things, I think it's some sort of. I would say blend and you know more about wine than i do but definitely some sort of blend um you know it's it's definitely not like an old perlo (laughs) yeah definitely not the tannins are very light on it the body is very lean like i said alcohol i think is there there's a little bit on the hotter side acid is a bit plus on it the fruit the fruit i'm getting is actually like fresh but it's really tart yeah kind of also leading me to a little bit and it's, I just took a big swish and or a big sip and swished it around my mouth and definitely like young fruits. I think I was wrong when I said stewed fruits because I smell stewed fruits, but when I taste it, I don't taste yeah that like dewy old yeah that's I taste definitely more fresh fruit, not fresh fresh, but fresher than what I called when I smelled it. Yeah, that stewy old that you're kind of getting is more along the lines of like a woody old. Like yeah. an oak, like an oaky old, rather than 
like the the characteristics of the fruit itself. You're getting a little bit more like a dirty barn, <sighs> mud. Barn. I love dirty barn. But not a good dirty barn. Oh. Like it's a little bit more of a rough like barn hasn't been uh, kind of dirty. So like when not I cleaned out barn. my gutters the other day, that not was rough, quite, y'all. Not quite that. Not quite to there, but yes, that kind of a little bit more decaying earth, mushroomy, dirty kind of kind of feel rather than like freshly turned earth. Kind yeah. of, almost like some. Almost like I definitely don't want to eat this dirt, y'all. <laughs> also like a little bit of like raw. Not as that hasn't gone bad. But it's definitely raw meat kind of feeling. I would say raw meat that's like sat in your fridge for two or three days. Like still good. Not bad by any means, but it sat there for a couple of days. It's it's on that like on the cusp of turning, but it hasn't gone there yet. Yeah. Almost like that 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 parts of the dry aged beef that you cut off. That mm, favorite. That you don't that you don't eat, but you cut it because it's got but that. But I like, want to eat it. But your body doesn't want to eat it. Um, so I think with all the things that we're talking about, let's go ahead and start looking at landing this plane. <laughs> You're better at that than I am. Um, I think because we're talking about all this like non fruit fruit style characteristic, I think it's an older old wine. Um, I think it's a young, a young young old wine. It hasn't really come together at all. It's very disjointed. It still kind of wants some time to come together in in the bottle, or it should have had more time in, um, in the uh, vineyard itself. But I, I definitely think it's an old world blend of some sort. So we're looking now at Bordeaux, Rhone, Southern France, uh, Italy, kind of kind of area. So where do you kind of when you're kind of thinking about this? Where do you think? Do you think it's more of a kind of Italian wine, or you think it's more I think it's more of a French wine. Um, I don't know. I'm just not getting Italian, but I don't really have a reason. So this this will tell the listeners how dumb I am about <laughs> actually tasting wine. I pretend really well, um, but I don't know. I'm just and say so it's probably French or, yep, French. That's all I got. I mean, maybe maybe Spain. Maybe Spain. You might get some New World, but that's if uh, you're getting one of the older vineyards that's been around yeah. um, for a long time, you might get some of those same markers, but I'm going to say like French, France or Spain for this yeah. one. And I don't think it's New World. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you that like we're looking at like Grenache, the raw, maybe, I mean, I mean, I want to call it like DSM, but there's no like strawberry with that Movedra. That I kind of look for, so I think I'm gonna to head towards Spain. Okay. I think this may be like some Grenache kind of blend from Spain. What do you think? Um, I can see Grenache from Spain for sure. Um, I still want to call it French, uh, but I wouldn't know what region to call it from. It's definitely not Rhone. Um, I'm just not not getting enough markers to give me enough. So let's just go with Spain because you know more about wine than I do. So let's go with. <laughs> not according <laughs> to the blinds that have done on this podcast <laughs> well that's why they don't blind me that often y'all because <laughs> i'll make an so we're gonna say this is a grenache heavy blend from spain uh it's very young 
very, very young. Very it young. Use, it could use a couple of years to uh, kind of hang out, hang out, and come together for a while. Hang out and come together, and I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, but it could definitely use a couple of years to get to be that beautiful, beautiful wine. And it's not super heavy bodied, so you could even do this with a fish. Yeah, on that lighter side. Um, it is on the lighter side, so but definitely a Grenache from Spain. Well, and you, you know what, everybody, you're gonna have to come back next week before I can open this envelope, and so you can find out what this wine is. Next week is gonna be a beer week, and just like last week, I'm not sure what it's gonna be because I'm not sure what Dad's doing yet. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm gonna be able to get him on the show or if I'm gonna have somebody else come on the show. Who knows? George may be back for another I'm week. Maybe back again. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> for another for a for a beer episode, but this has been lots of fun, Jordan. I I I really enjoyed talking about kind of some of the festival and the event, the event taking, and I I really hope you as the listeners enjoyed and have were able to glean some nice tips and in, in trip points that Jordan and I could could help you kind of see as you're heading back into the wine, beer, and liquor event season that's coming up hopefully soon for everybody. Yay, festival season. We really appreciate you being here. Remember, if you if you like what we're doing, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We're Acquired Tastings on all those platforms. If you want to just be old school, send us an email. We're Acquired Tastings. Um, if you enjoy what we're doing, give us a like, star, follow on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love to see the ratings that are coming in. If those of you that are rating out there on Spotify and be like, why haven't, why hasn't we seen anything? Well, Spotify is waiting until they get a particular number of, of ratings out there before they're going to give an average or whatever. So if you're out there and thinking, oh, they don't need us, go ahead and, and drop in and give us a rating out there on Spotify or whatever your favorite podcast. Help podcast. us out, Pete. We, we really enjoy you guys being here. Jordan, I appreciate you being here. And we really hope to see you guys next time on the next episode of Acquired Tasting. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. Jordan. And we'll see you next time.